Welcome to episode 49 of Too Old for This Podcast, your safe space for grown-up talk about childish things. On today's show, we have a very special guest, Dominic Jones from Star Wars Underworld. We're going to talk about Clone Wars, we're going to talk about the future of the Star Wars films, and a lot of other things. And maybe, just maybe, we'll have time to get a sneak preview of the brand new game show, Does It Fuck? No time to mess around. I'm nerd and up nerd. Let's go. My man. DJ Kevy Kevin. How? On the wheels of steel. On the virtual wheels of steel. (laughs) How you doing, my friend? Open 19 in the house. <laughs> How you doing, brother? Still virus free? I'm still virus free, but uh, if, if, I, if I get it, you know whose fault that is? Carol Baskin. That bitch. That fucking That whore. bitch. Anyway, now I'm thinking about, now I'm thinking about, oh my God. Remember when she said, I didn't even mention this. By the way, our Carol Baskin, our, our sorry. Our Tiger King review episode, episode, our previous episode, what was that, 48? 48. Our Tiger King episode, as I predicted, the most controversial <laughs> episode of Too Old for This Podcast of all time. Yeah. We received some negative response, some negative feedback to that episode, <laughs> and I don't want to go there. I, I don't want to get into it too much, but let me just say my her, prediction was correct. The clause came out. Yeah, and her the name came out. And her name was? Carol Baskin. That, uh... <laughs> I would be that so scared is. if we got a message from Carol Baskin. I would be so scared. I'd, I would be. I'd I would be, be honored. So scared. I'd be honored. I, you wouldn't be afraid for your fucking life. No. Come well, on. it's not like she's gonna drive here to fucking kill me. How do you know? <laughs> fucking no. That's true. She is rich. Anyway, <laughs> so, she's yeah. everywhere on the internet too. She has a massive internet presence. That's Way true. like. Yeah. Like we, she's probably listening, right? We probably spoke her name, and then Google alerted her that we were talking about her, and she now she's like, now she's listening. <laughs> yeah, I love cats. I love cats. I, I love, love cats Calabas. too. I absolutely. Anyway, love cats. <laughs> if you haven't listened to episode forty-eight, our Tiger King review, please uh, go check it out. But um, if you're politically sensitive at all, uh, maybe don't, because right. I don't need you mad at me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was. I did. I did. I swore I was never going to get political on this show. Yeah. I got really political talking about Tiger King. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's It happens. Whatever. Uh, you know, sometimes stuff matters to me too much to keep my mouth shut, and I get in trouble. It's all good. What are you going to do, Kev? What am I going to do? I don't know. Well, what I'm going to do right now. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, no, I'm going to say no. If uh, if we can't speak our if we can't speak our minds, then uh, what world are we living in? That's what, that's all you know, I'm it's, saying. Like, it's funny because I think nobody's listening, yeah. and pretty much nobody's listening. But somehow, I, if I, I can still say the wrong thing and manage to get in shit somehow, somehow, <laughs> even with nobody listening. <laughs> um, but but I don't want to waste any time. I want to get to our our very special guest who is yes. waiting patiently for us right now. Yes. Um, 
can we get some, some can we get some appropriate intro music for this uh, WWE superstar? <laughs> he's a WWE superstar. No, he's not a WWE superstar. It's, it's a metaphor. <laughs> Star Wars superstar. Is this good or? Well, or should He's I go? The head writer. Or should I go this world? Because he is. You know what? This is his generation, right? I, I, I that is. He's the head writer for StarWarsUnderworld.com and the host of the Star Wars Underworld podcast. And he is an all-around cool dude. Uh, he is Dominic Jones. Dominic, how are you tonight? I'm doing great, guys. Thank you for having me. I will take either of those intro musics. Uh, <laughs> and let me just say, let me just say, I have no idea what you've been talking about for the first few minutes because I'm the last person on earth to not watch Tiger King. Dominic, Ooh. I have absolutely yeah. no interest in it. Dominic. You think you have no interest <laughs> in it? You think you have no interest in it? <laughs> it's all good, man. It's all good. We'll uh, we'll allow it. No, it's not Dom, for everybody. Dom, if you give it five minutes, you, I I guarantee you, it's like Lay's potato chips. You're like, yeah, you give it five minutes, you will not turn away from it until you have binged the entire thing. Well, maybe, but it is television crack. It, I swear <laughs> yeah. to you, I swear to you. Um, and it's it's none of it is good. None of it is good. Like it's all about horrible, horrible things that yeah. you shouldn't be interested in. But um, yeah, man. The people who made that show uh, are amazing, amazing reality show producers. It yeah. is, it's just so addictive. Yep. Well, I, I will agree with that statement. Anyway, well, may, maybe, but <laughs> probably not. There's no chance you're ever going to try it, is there? <laughs> I don't think so. I no. don't think so. Okay, Tom. Uh, let's talk about you, my friend. Uh, you, you guys over at Star Wars Underworld have had a big couple of weeks, I want to say, the last couple of weeks. First of all, you just celebrated your 10-year your ten anniversary, which congratulations. Uh, that, that, is, that is awesome. Uh, and um, then this week, we got this whole situation with, with Ben's petition, which I want to get to. But, but, but first, I want to talk about you, uh, because you know this is your first time on our show. And I, I thank you very much for, for coming and joining us here. Uh, Thanks for having me. to talk to you. I'm a fan of your site, uh, as, as you guys are aware. Uh, I harass you guys. Um, usually, I'm disagreeing with you, and you're so cool about it, which is part of why I love your site. Um, you guys are not shills, but you are super positive. All of you, all three of you. You don't you don't agree on everything. You don't have like a unified voice or like a, like an editorial slant or something like that. But you are all uh, super positive guys, especially compared to me, who tends to be uh, somewhat <laughs> combative and, and negative. Um, but um, you also uh, you provide a forum that allows for disagreement, and you also do editorialize and you do criticize uh, Star Wars all the time, while somehow maintaining positivity as your uh, polar north on your compass. And um, that, that's, that's a big reason why I'm such a fan of, of your site. And I'm not letting you say a word. I'm just talking and talking and talking here. But uh, basically, uh, what I want to know is, uh, how did you come to get involved with Star Wars Underworld? What's your history with the site? Tell me about Dominic. Tell me about young Dominic. You're in, and let's start with, okay, let's go way back with Dominic. What was your introduction to Star Wars? Because I think this is the most important thing about a Star Wars fan. When you're trying to have a, a conversation with a Star Wars fan and you want to know where they're coming from, you have to know 
what is their entry point? And it was kind of a surprise to me to learn from Ben in my conversation with him that it was actually the Clone Wars TV show that was his entry point. And everything else kind of fell in line after that. So what was it for you? Well, first, on, if you, if, first off, if you just want to keep you know, heaping praise on the Star Wars Underworld, you can keep doing that. I, I don't mind uh, you. I do it. I do it because you deserve it. <laughs> uh, all that stuff. Uh, for me, so I, I first, uh, my, my introduction to Star Wars is a little bit uh, wonky. It's a little bit all over the place. Uh, I first came across the film, uh, the original film, when I was uh, a kid. I uh, was just hanging out with my dad and my brother one day, and we were just like flipping around the channels on, on Can TV. Can I ask how old, how old you are, just to get a sense of where we are in the timeline? 25, and I would have been 11, I think. Okay. Nine. So- well, I'm just, what year would you have been? Oh, no. it would have been, been two thousand and uh, so I wouldn't have no, I wouldn't have been that old. Uh, I would have been uh, like eight or nine because it would have been like two thousand three, two thousand four. Okay, kind of okay. that range. So, so you're are you even a millennial? Are you like one year like short of the millennial cutoff point? Are you? Like, I, I don't know where the technical cutoff point is. I, I think don't. it's. I think millennials are twenty five to forty, if I'm not mistaken. I think you might be Gen oh. Y or Gen Z. Okay, I'll, I'll take it. I mean, I don't have a TikTok account, so maybe that kicks me out of the, <laughs> the, next, uh, the next. You should generation. get one. Yeah, maybe. Uh. <laughs> and start doing some Star Wars TikToks, whatever that would be. Uh, but yes, yeah, so we were just flipping around. And we came across the original film, and my dad goes, "Oh, this is a great movie. Oh, we should we should watch it." And we were watching along. We kind of joined in where uh, Luke uh, first encounters Old Ben in the desert. Uh, and we watched till about the trash compactor scene, and then we had to turn it off for whatever reason. Uh, and but, uh, but my brother in particular, he really wanted to see the rest of the movie, so he really pushed for us to to rent it. And so we we rented the video uh, a couple weeks later. But when we actually rented it, I didn't want to watch it because right. there, was, there was a big hockey game that night. Uh. Watch hockey game, so. My family all went down to the basement to watch the, the movie in the family room with the, the big TV. And I went up to my parents' room where they had this little TV. And I was watching, it, it was like the Leafs versus the Flyers or something. Like it was, a, it was it, at the time, it seemed like an important game. But now it feels kind of irrelevant. Um, and I watched the first period of that game. And then I decided to go check out the, a bit of the movie during the intermission. Uh, and when I went down, I started watching the movie. And I never went back to the hockey game. I just, uh, something about it just grabbed me and I was hooked hmm. and so we, we wanted to watch the rest of the Star Wars movies from there and uh, so we wanted to rent the next one and so my dad went to the video store <laughs> and he said hey can I get Star Wars Episode 2 The Empire Strikes Back and the guy said do you want Star Wars Episode 2 or The Empire Strikes Back <laughs> oh so you encountered one of us yeah kind of like, like an earlier proto version <laughs> of us basically at um, the video store because they were the originals, the video store clerks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, but, but I think it turned out that the empire strikes back was, uh, it had been rented. Like it wasn't available. So uh-huh. we got attack of the clones instead. Oh, so we went wow. to, we went to watch attack of the clones and, and, uh, the that VA- could have been disastrous. That yeah. could have been, you, that could have ruined it for you for the rest of your life. But oh. what, so the VHS of Attack of the Clones starts with this little like featurette of R2 and 3PO recapping all of Star Wars for you. What? Really? So I didn't know that. So it started with uh, Phantom Menace, then it 
told you what happens in Attack of the Clones, you know, the movie you're about to watch, it kind of tells you everything that happens in there. And it's narrated by C-3PO and R2-D2? By C-3PO and R2-D2, yeah. Oh my god, I, I have to see this. <laughs> it, it's, it's on YouTube somewhere. Okay, okay I'll sure find it. on YouTube. I'll find it, yeah. yeah. And it skipped over episode three because that didn't exist. And then it told you the entire original trilogy. And so, like, that's how I saw all the big moments from Empire and Jedi was in this little uh, featurette. And so I saw the I am your father moment and all that stuff. And my reaction to that was not, ah, it's ruined. Uh-huh. Spoilers have ruined Star Wars. It was, of course, I got to see that movie. I got to see right, that movie. Right, right. <laughs> and right. so uh, we, we were going to watch the rest of the Star Wars movies. We were going to rent them, obviously. And so I wanted to see Empire Strikes Back next, obviously. Um, but between, before we could rent it again, we went into like an electronics store and at the back on their like, you know, big screen TV, that's probably small in comparison to what people have these days, Mm -hmm. they were showing the Phantom Menace and it was the pod race scene. And my brother was like hooked on that. He's like, I want to see this movie next. Right. So there was debate. It was all about family, Dom is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah. There's a little debate, a little bit of uh, discussion and it was decided that the next movie we would get would be Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. But after that, we wouldn't go to Return of the Jedi right away. We'd go to Phantom Menace. Wow. And then after that, we finally got to Return of the Jedi. And then about a year later, uh, Revenge of the Sith comes out. <laughs> so mm. uh, I, my order for watching Star Wars was completely backwards. Um, but it was, but it was but awesome. You, but you were hooked early. <laughs> I was hooked early. Like, they all, they, they all hooked me on. So I, and, I, and, you, and it sounds like your family as well. It's like, like your fa- you, your father, and your brother? or Yeah, I mean, I, you know... I, they yeah they they like the films everybody likes the films right uh, but it's uh it's certainly something that i've kind of but i'm moved by that by earlier in that story when you said uh the part about you going upstairs to watch the hockey game and then coming back yeah. down and then staying mm-hmm. um because you know what i wonder how i mean obviously a lot of that was the power of star wars but i wonder how much of that was just the power of not being isolated upstairs by yourself, but being back down with your family, enjoying this thing together as a family. Um, because uh, Star Wars, for me, it really goes back to that relationship with my dad. It was it was just like my dad took me to see the original trilogy in theaters in their original re- release. Mm-hmm. And my dad and I otherwise didn't have much of a relationship. He wasn't the kind of guy who you could have a relationship with. And like that was that one thing that we shared that love of, of star Wars and doing that together was kind of our main thing. Um, so, uh, when I think about star Wars, I always think about my relationship with my dad. So, uh, when you tell me your story, that's exactly where my mind goes. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you think there's something to that? It's touching to me anyway. It's, I, I love your story. I don't know if it, I don't know if it's the the same here. Okay. Okay. You know, I think, uh, everybody kind of, uh, enjoys them, but, uh, for me, it's kind of, ballooned out of control i think <laughs> in some ways yeah man you it has become a lifestyle for you and uh this is another reason why i'm fascinated with you guys because you know kevin and i we do this kind of part-time kind of a little bit you know kind of for fun um and we don't we're not all about star Wars. like every episode i say we're not a star wars podcast even though every episode we end up talking about star wars true <laughs> This is true. Like, I'm, we might as well just make a sound drop of me saying we are not a Star Wars podcast <laughs> for Kev to drop every time we start talking about Star Wars because yeah. that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But um, the truth is, I get tired of it. As much as I love it, like I do get sick of talking about it. I do get sick of the squabbling. I do get sick of, uh, you know, stuff like all of, you know, they make a press release and then, you know, six weeks later we find out that everything they announced and we were excited about is now gone. Um, You know, I... All of that just kind of just wore me out, and I was glad that our podcast could move on from Star Wars. We haven't been covering Clone Wars. I'm not a Clone Wars fan. Uh, I don't. Kev likes Clone Wars, but I don't. Have you even been watching this season, Kev? No, have you kept up with it? I don't have Disney Plus, so I I haven't been able to watch it. So um, right. So so I'm, we I'm haven't actually, been covering. No, I'm actually not caught up with Clone Wars. Like I, it's one of those things that I do want to sit down and just watch the entire series. But uh, yeah. I've yet to do that. I own them all. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I've yet to. But you're just going to catch up later on. Yeah. It's not like it's not like urgent to you even. Um, no. I was more and of a so, like, guy anyway. So sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and for me, um, like I, oh, man, the more that uh, Rise of Skywalker becomes in the rearview mirror, the more I'm just, I just. I realize I just don't like it. I just, you know, I was, I was one of its biggest <laughs> defenders when it came out and I was one of the biggest defenders of last Jedi. Um, and I, I still defend last Jedi. Um, but, um, yeah, I just, I, I'm a, I'm a massive star Wars fan. It's my number one fandom, but I get sick of it. And the idea, like when I, I see your guys content every day and all of you, all three of you, the you main guys there, um, are so prolific that you put out a lot of con- content. You are trucking it onto the internet daily. Um, and yeah, you, uh, you, like you're the real deal. Like you, you're, there's a reason you have 220,000 likes on Facebook. It's because like you are super fans and um, you have like, like a superheroic level of fandom that, that most of us couldn't carry. I'm saying I couldn't do what you do basically, I guess is my point in a long winded fashion. Well, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, that was all very, very kind. Way too kind, in fact. But uh, yeah, we. It's just it for for me, and and I think for for Chris and Dan, it's just kind of a, a thing where where it's our our favorite thing, and we're just always excited to to talk about it. And yeah, yeah all all that stuff you were describing about you know announcing stuff and then canceling it. It it does it gets it gets on on my nerves as well. Like it it's sort of like come on, can't you just you know pick a project and see right. it through to the end. Like you kind of take it personally. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you kind of take it personally because they make an announcement and then you spend like two weeks talking about the announcement they made. Yeah. Right? And you get, and, you get excited for it and you think right. like this. And then you try to get good. other people excited for it. Like you're working for them basically, <laughs> even though you're loving it, you're doing it for your own reasons. You're still kind of working for them in a way. And then they kind of betray you. Right. Yeah. Like, and, they, and then they pulled the rug out from under you and they say, yeah. Oh, Actually, oh, we're not actually doing that. Sorry, we've changed our mind. And yeah. you're like, come on, come yeah. on, just get it. And and you know, I don't know what the what exactly is going on over there, but I think you know they're just trying to they're trying to figure out what they want Star Wars to be. And I think there's a bit of a push and pull between people that want it to be like sort of a a, a nostalgia fest and people that want to see you know see it go in in new and different directions. And yeah. I think the original plan was for it to go in new and different directions. And then yeah. some folks caught on to how lucrative a nostalgia fest could be when force awakens came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and even when rogue one came out a year later, even though rogue one did some interesting stuff in terms of pushing it in different directions. And so you then saw last Jedi come out and 
you know, the coverage around Last Jedi wasn't always great for various reasons. And I think that kind of got to them. And then when Solo was, you know, what it was, there was kind of a, a feeling of like, well, we're kind of rudderless right now because we thought, okay, it's nostalgia. That's what people want. Okay, no, it's not nostalgia. It's something new. And then you, no, matter, no matter what you do, you never please anybody. And then you're kind of left with a movie like Rise of Skywalker, which is kind of like trying to thread this weird line of being both and, and not really succeeding at either. It was trying to be everything to all people. Mm-hmm. And um, I think what it ended up doing was giving all people one little thing. Um, but then also giving all people like a list of 10 things that they're just scratching their head over and going, what the hell was that? <laughs> <clears throat> um, and I mean, like take a, take a, we're getting ahead in the conversation. I was hoping not to get to this till like the 45 minute mark because I want to talk more about Dominic and his history with SWU. But here we are. Take a, take a giant step back from Mm -hmm. the entire sequel trilogy and just forget all of the arguments about it. At the very most basic level, storytelling level, you don't have, the basic elements of storytelling in place for this trilogy. You don't have a sense of place. We don't like, we don't know what this galaxy is, right? Like um, when the original script for episode uh, for the final episode came out and they went back to Coruscant, Mm -hmm. that was like the exact necessary thing that needed, that needed to happen in the force awakens. Right, we needed to reestablish a sense of place of where are we? Like, who are the people we're talking about in this conflict? Who are we fighting for? And and who is the first order threatening? And what are they threatening? We don't even have that. It's the most basic element of storytelling, and we're not even provided that. And like, I, I could go on and on about just like about but simple problems like that that just like i like personally i have just completely written off this sequel trilogy as as garbage to me and i and i'm personally redefining my star wars fandom and i don't want to take away from anyone else's fandom like i i love that you guys love clone wars even though that i don't i like i i admire your fandom and i admire what you're doing especially this ben's petition thing i admire it even though i don't agree with it i admire um I think it's brilliant. I think Ben's a genius. Um, and if you guys discussed it together, then you're a genius as a team. But oh, no. um, that, that was all him. I, 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 I figured. I all, figured. Cr- all credit and all blame goes to him for that one. <laughs> I, I, it's it's genius. Um, yeah. But I guess I don't know what my point was. I was I was I was off on a tangent uh, there. I, I, I know I know what you mean though because you know you look at Force Awakens and in so so many ways it's trying to recapture what you had in a new hope mm-hmm. and right. in, in a lot of ways it, it succeeds at that i think it really succeeds with its characters you know i think the stories of, of ray and finn in particular are really strong and i think yep. uh, the way it recontextualized han and leia was pretty interesting and like it, it took some it, some bold swings in a way that that made that, that, that sort of gave the sequel trilogy something really interesting to build on from a character perspective. But I, I agree with you in this, in, that it didn't do enough to reestablish you in the galaxy. Because with Star Wars, with the original film, you could kind of use those characters as an entry point. Because nobody knew anything about 
the galaxy at that yeah. point. And yeah. I, you know, I know not everybody loves Phantom Menace. I know I'm on a, I'm on a, a you know, a, a, a it's OG. my favorite prequel. <laughs> I know I'm on an OG Star Wars fan uh, okay. uh, podcast here, but you look at Phantom Menace; it does something similar. You can, you don't have to love the galaxy that it int- introduces you to, but it takes you sort of slowly through. Here is what the Star Wars galaxy looked like before the Empire, yeah. and it takes you through that. New Hope does that again with its characters. With, um, with uh, Force Awakens, they seem to be so afraid of of showing anything that could be, uh, quote unquote, politics because of of some yeah. of the backlash from from the prequels. So that weird. They, they kind of skipped over that that whole element of it, and it's like you have these characters on these compelling journeys, yes, but they're running through this this world that you're kind of like, okay, what exactly is going on, and what are the stakes here? And I think. The, the scene that kind of embodies that best is that is the Starkiller base uh, oh my God. Oh my moment God. there because you have this really great scene that's really well written and really well performed with with uh, Donald Gleason as Hux and he's given that yeah. great speech. He's great. It's a really cool scene. And it looks it looks fantastic, right? Yeah. Like yeah. in the theater, it's like whoa, right? But, but what the but, fuck? But what he's talking about, you have no idea what he's yeah. talking about because yeah. the movie hasn't really, you know, you hear about the resistance as this sort of vague thing that's out there and you hear about the Republic as this vague thing that's out there and you know the First Order, that's okay, that's what the Empire is now. But it, the relationship between the three is never really explained. So when that shot gets fired and you actually have that shot of, of Hosnian Prime, which, as Ben says, probably should have been Coruscant, uh, being blown up, you're like, that's... Like what is what is it this absolutely mean? should have been Coruscant? Yeah. Yes. Like what is this telling us? What are you what are you actually putting out into the story? And instead, it's just sort of like the characters all react like they know what's going on, but the audience is left largely in the dark. And you know, there was, I think that, you know, that was kind of one of those moments where it was like, okay, you're doing. It kind of embodies the sequel trilogy as a whole because I think the sequels, by and large, do really do a good job with their characters. Not always. And yeah. especially in Rise of Skywalker, we can get to that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I think the, the Rey storyline and the Kylo storyline, uh, and I think the Poe storyline are, are told pretty well across the three. Finn is good, but they kind of muddle him. In, in uh, the, I will fight with you about Poe, but go ahead. Sorry. In, in the other one. <laughs> but they, you know, but by and large, I think they do a good job with their characters. They just don't, necessarily set up the world as well as they could and and you're kind of left with something that's hanging somewhere between being really good and not that great yeah yeah you know what i i guess uh, you know it's hyperbole when i say i write it off completely because there are things i'd like i do love the new cast i love ray mm. uh i i liked the idea of finn uh i I think he was completely wasted. I loved the idea of Poe. I think he was completely wasted. I, but I, but I love the actors. I love them in their characters. You know, I enjoyed seeing them on screen together. You know, and 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 the Rise of Skywalker. Um, you know, I sinfully I admit it is it, it was a lot of fun when I saw it in the yeah. theater. I think I saw it in the theater maybe three times. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, the, so I, I was really lucky. I got to see the world premiere of the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. And and so when that when the movie ended, I was sort of sitting there going like I had a good time watching this. I can't deny that I, I enjoyed this, but I don't think I really like any of the choices that were made in this, or I don't like a lot of the choices that were made in this. And it it wound up, and so I sort of was like, okay, hey, that was fun, but it just it didn't it didn't give me 
what I need and, and what I needed from a story standpoint. And that's where J.J. Abrams is, is uh, both really good and really frustrating is that he knows how to craft an exciting blockbuster movie mm-hmm. where you, you watch any of his movies, you will be entertained for two and a half hours. Uh, I, I, I really enjoy all of them. Like just as a sit down and watch them experience, they're really good. But when you kind of have to go beyond just the, the, wow, that was fun. There's a lot of stuff in there that I just, it sort of feels like it was, you know, he can capture, but here's here's what JJ does. Here's what he does really well. It's he captures the feeling of, of watching an, an old blockbuster that you love. Yeah. But then he, but he doesn't bring anything new to the table. He just tries to repeat the same beats that you've already seen. And inst- and and the the people that are really good at making like blockbuster movies, they can give you that same feeling of like, oh yeah, this is just like watching an old an old movie that I love. But they also give you something new. And I, you know, you think about somebody like Edgar Wright. It does that to right. perfection. May I offer you one correction? Sure. When you say JJ offers nothing new. I will argue he offers one thing new every time. Mm. He put he puts the spaceship underwater. <laughs> <laughs> every time you can fucking count on it. Yeah, and I, 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 I'm I'm being a bit hard on JJ. Like you know, he doesn't bring nothing new, but he because he does um, he does bring some things that are different. You know, a lot of the choices that he made with uh, you know uh, the casting and that sort of thing in, in the in the films are really are really good and really progressive sure. and really moving things forward. But they, but his his stories just don't always match. I feel like he was on a creative tear up until the point where he created um, Kylo Ren's crossbar on his lightsaber, and then after that, he just ran out of juice completely. He was like, "That's all I got. <laughs> like, that's the best thing I can do." <laughs> like I remember being excited the first time I saw Kylo Ren's crossbar, mm-hmm. and I remember like people were mad about it and complaining about it, and I remember like being like, "No, you're wrong. It's awesome," and defending it. Um, and I remember that being the last fucking time I was excited about anything in the, in the sequel trilogy. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. Kev, Kev doesn't agree with me, though, right? Kev, like, you still like Rise of Skywalker, I did right? Like, I did like Rise of Skywalker. When's the last time you tried it? Because I tried um, it, like, last week on no. when it came out. No. Um, I want to say like a month ago. When did yeah. it? When did it come out on digital? March. It, it's been about a month since it came yeah, out on digital. Yeah. Right. So probably like the beginning of March. I I sat down and rewatched it, and I had fun with it. And obviously, it's flawed. <laughs> that's that's ob- that's obvious. Um, but no, I had a fun time with it. I still think uh, I'm not. I'm definitely not sour uh, about it. Anyways, um, and the series itself was weak. It could have been way better, obviously, but um, but yeah, no, it does. I don't, I don't deem it as garbage as Jared does, but yeah, yeah. I I think you should be able to enjoy stuff that you also think is flawed too. Yeah, like, of course, of course, I, that has been a major theme lately with us. It's it's the fact that there are good movies that that you don't like, and there are bad movies that you like, right? Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, and and like. You know, we're talking about Rise of Skywalker, for instance. Like, if if you like it, like I'm not, I'm I'm in no place to tell anybody that they're wrong. Like, I, you know, if somebody thinks that's a great movie, same here, same that, here. And, and, and that's for them. That's that's your opinion. Like, I I hate it when people start going off on the like. Well, I'm glad you like it, but objectively, it's terrible. That is the one annoying yeah, yeah. thing to me in the world. It's like, mm-hmm. no, all of yeah. this stuff is subjective. It's all of just course. what we like. Yeah. Uh, no, it, it, it's what you. It's like it's like the cave on Dagobah. You know what's in there? Only what you take with you. Like you take, oh, you get something. Everybody gets something different from every different 
thing in the world. Is the so, best metaphor for the entire saga. Yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> one can, can say definitively yeah. this is the best thing ever. Like you can say yes, definitively two plus two is four. Mm-hmm. But it, beyond that, like you can't say. Um, you know, burgers are the best food or pizza is the greatest. You know, like everybody's got different opinions and, and not, you know, no opinion is invalid unless you're trying to hurt somebody, in which yeah. case then your opinion's invalid. There you go. Uh, you know what? You, that's perfect. That's, that's very eloquent. You're very well-spoken. You're an excellent writer. And um, you just reminded me of, uh, I, I can't quote you, but I can paraphrase you, uh, what you wrote uh, uh, in your review of, uh, Rise of Skywalker was that um, you said <clears throat> something to the effect of you enjoyed the prequel trilogy's uh, story, but not the way it was told, and you enjoyed the sequel trilogy the way it was told, but not the story. Yeah. Is that? Is that <laughs> I thought that was very eloquent. I thought that was a very good way of putting it. Um, even though I disagree with it a little bit because I don't like the story of the prequel trilogy or the way it was told, <laughs> but. Um, Except for those bullet points, can we talk about this a little bit? This is just a minute. I'm gonna. This is me beating up on both of you, probably. But um, sweet, <laughs> because Kev is 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 like most people. Uh, I Kev, am I am I accurate in saying Revenge of the Sith is your favorite of the trilogy of the prequels? Yes. We, yes. Yeah, we've had this conversation. But Empire is your number one favorite, yes, right? Absolutely. Okay. But you love Revenge of the Sith. You do really like it. Yeah. No, I I, I liked it. It's like your number um, two. There's... Is it your number two? No, I don't think I would put it number two. Um, but okay. it's, it's in my but top ten. <laughs> my um, reason for bringing that up was that we had the same conversation that I have with a lot of people. Was that what, when they say, I love Revenge of the Sith because all this stuff happened. Because, you know, we finally saw uh, the Obi-Wan-Anakin duel. And we finally saw him becoming Darth Vader and, and all of that. And it's like a bullet point list that people always give. And my point is, yeah, I mean... But that bullet point list was the bare minimum that George Lucas had to do because he set up 30 years ago and we were all waiting for. Mm. But the execution of it was so terrible. Like I spent 30 years imagining how that conflict, how that final duel was going to go. And what we got was, to me personally, in my opinion, so abysmal that uh, that I can't I can't forgive it. I can't Mm. like um, but. Um, are, are you talking like are you talking about the whole experience of the prequels, or are you talking specifically about the fight on on Mustafar? I'm talking about I'm talking about the entire the entire defense of the prequels um, with the well I, I I like what happened in the prequels. I'm saying there are, there is a minimum list of bullet points that had to happen regardless. You can't give George Lucas credit for what he set up 30 years ago that he had to put in there, sure. but. But, but you can, but you can sure cut him down for doing it badly, and and I can also cut him down for all the stuff he added that he didn't need to, like <laughs> like C three PO being built by Anakin Skywalker on on that, that that is a detail that I love purely because it makes people crazy. <laughs> it makes me fucking crazy. It's 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 almost as bad as as how Han Solo got his last name now. It's almost as bad as that. Um, it's, to, I, me, I, to me, to me, to yeah, me, for sure, for sure. No, I, I, like to me, I love those sort of little things that are just like kind of absurd. They just kind of add just this like weird flavor to it. Like the Han getting his name is so ridiculous. It's weird. Fun, You're right. I, it's but I love it. But I love it because for some reason that is what convinced Disney to greenlight that movie. <laughs> like, how is this what convinced you? How does, Seriously, what is, was that was that scene the, the thing? Yeah. Yes. 
No way. Bob Iger has said, when, as soon as he read that scene, he was like, we have to make this movie. Holy shit, <laughs> dude. And it's like, but I, but it kind of like, it, again, it just sort of goes to the thing of like, Star Wars is so many different things to so many different people. And to yeah. somebody like Iger, it, like that moment, like really grabbed him. And it's like, why? But also, sure. Okay. Why not? Yeah. Um, and so I, I just find it, I find it funny, but you know, with the, with the prequels and like, you know, they, you know the things they had to do, right. Like I, I see where you're coming from for sure. But like when I say, I love the story of the prequels, like I, I'm not talking about like, Oh, we had to get the duel on Mustafar. We had to, you know, see the Jedi all die. Sure. I love, I love Palpatine's plot. And, you know, in the sense that, you know, which is, you know, something that had to happen in a sense, because we know the emperor had to rise somehow, but I love that it's not that it is that it's something that he did just by gaming the system. It wasn't, you know, a, an army of, of Sith ships showed up in the sky one day. You know, like yes. those old uh, old Republic trailers used to show show us, which were awesome. And I'd love to see a movie that did that someday. But I but I love about Palpatine's thing is that he just he worked the system. He created these conflicts, and uh, he just kind of put on this friendly face and he made everybody think he was on their side and that he was yes. cool and that he was good. And well, all the while he was manipulating everybody to do right. exactly what he wanted so that he could get what he wants. And so then you get that moment in revenge of the Sith, that great, great moment where he turns the Republic into the empire in that speech. And Padme has the line, you know, this is how Liberty dies with thunderous applause because everybody thinks he has their best interest in mind nobody actually realizes that he's been manipulating all of this purely for his own interests. And it, it, that is the story of the prequels that really has always captured my attention. And it's part of the reason I found the, the, the Palpatine stuff in, in, in uh, Rise of Skywalker to be a bit frustrating because I'm like, this is not the same character. This guy who's like bumbling through everything in Rise of Skywalker and accidentally discovering the diet is not the same dude that manipulated everybody to get exactly what he wanted. Uh, I guess 50 some odd years earlier. Okay. I, you know what? I'm glad you said all that because you and I are on very much the same page. I can see now. Um, <laughs> first of all, uh, you, the point, the part, the points you mentioned about the film, uh, were none of the points that I was thinking of. You mentioned, <laughs> you mentioned all the best parts mm -hmm. and, um, <laughs> you also are clearly a fan of the politics Mm -hmm. So you, my friend, um, are probably a lot like me in that where you want Star Wars to go next is to get back to providing us a sense of the conflict mm -hmm. via the actual politics. If it's a war, then all, every war starts with politics. Yeah. Right. Uh, it, it's it's the it's the wellspring of the story. So if you can tell a fascinating political story and you thought that Palpatine's political story was, was fascinating and that's great, um, then there's no, uh, this whole there can't be politics in Star Wars meme is complete bullshit. And, uh, and JJ, it was one of big, JJ's biggest mistakes uh, to, to obviously be just completely terrified to put anything political in his movies. Um, that's the thing. That's the thing. I wish you know JJ and, and other Star Wars directors would understand is that people are going to complain and 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 uh, whine and hate your movie for any number of reasons. So just make a good story. Make a story that you are proud of. And and that's why I really respect Ryan Johnson as the guy who's made 
probably who's who's done that the best in his Star Wars movie thus far. He he went in there and said, "How do I tell a good story? Right. What what's the what's the most interesting thing I can think of to happen from a character right. perspective and from a story perspective?" And he went out and he told that. And Last Jedi is by no means a perfect movie. It's got plenty of flaws, mm-hmm. uh, but it it has the has the big the best sense of vision of, mm-hmm. of any of the new Star Wars projects that's come out in a while, mm-hmm. and and, it, and I think it's no surprise that that's the one movie that that dared to kind of dip its toe a little bit into the politics. You know, it, it, yes, that stuff on Canto Bite with the you know people funding both sides of the war. Yes. like to me that's that is there's two things that kind of I think would if, if if for some magical reason they asked me what are the two questions that you would have frame the sequel sequel trilogy. It would be that you know how how do you how do you end a never ending war because people have have these interests in continuing a never ending war, and then how and then the other question is what should the Jedi be and how do they factor into answering that first question exactly and we didn't get any of that dude yeah like I, if you're a prequel fan like that's what was set up for you more than anything is like what was the role of the Jedi Council in Anakin turning and like and and what should the new Jedi order be like why was JJ so afraid to try and write any of that it, it was they it was coming off the prequels and you look at everything about the marketing for Force Awakens they were terrified of even acknowledging the prequels existence and that's the you know, problem it, it's really interesting to me that the word Sith was like no was barely anywhere to be found in um, in Force Awakens, but is all over Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. And to, that's just that that is indicative of the fact that they thought to make a Star Wars movie that was successful, they had to uh, ignore the prequels as much as possible. And so taking this word that was that had become that, that they didn't realize had become like part of the Star Wars lexicon. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had they thought they couldn't use it because it would remind people of those other movies that they didn't like, and right. so they, they they left it out as much as they could. I think they mentioned it once in uh, in Force Awakens. Yeah, I think Maz Kanata says it once, just sort of as like a little little nod. But then over the last couple of years, they I think they realized, oh no, Jedi versus Sith is like that's part of just Star Wars language now. Yeah, everybody knows what a Jedi is, and everybody knows what what a Sith is. They didn't. They I think they didn't quite realize that, but. You know, you, you ask people, you know, you say, you want ask people to bring up evil, an, an evil thing, they'll mention a Sith or they'll say Darth. Like, yeah, I was reading a, I was reading a, a book, um, I, was, I was actually reading, I was reading Steve Dangle's book for anybody that's a, a hockey fan. Uh, he's a, a hockey blogger, hockey YouTuber. Mm-hmm. And like, his book, his book is all about hockey. And, but at one point he just casually drops a Jedi versus Sith reference in there. I'm like, see, like he just, he just mentioned it. He didn't even say Star Wars. He just threw it in there. And everybody who's reading this is going to know exactly what this is. Yes. But they, they were seemed to be afraid that Sith represented prequel, and they realized over the, the last couple of years with the kind of rise in popularity of, of prequel stuff that like, oh, well, we can mention it a little bit, and then it's all over that movie. So it, it's interesting to me how they, how they miscalculated what kind of audience they had, I think, in the, in the Force Awakens era. And so, so the fact they wouldn't use Sith, the fact they didn't want to touch politics, it just kind of was... They were terrified, and everything was no CGI. We're not using any CGI. It's all real sets, practical effects. It's like, it's like guys, you're not fooling anybody. Yeah. But at the same time, they thought that was the messaging they had to do was, we're not those other movies. And then it's kind of carried forward uh, 
but it's been lessened as, as time has gone on, as they've realized, oh, no, that, those other movies do have fans. Mm. Right. And you'd think, like, you'd think they'd realize how many, too, because it's not like the, the prequel love era w- hadn't started yet, right? Like, your generation, or Ben's generation, since you're kind of slightly younger than him, had already kind of taken over the online conversation. The prequel love had already kind of come out and you know come out of the closet and become like a popular thing so i was really surprised honestly um that the force awakens kind of just like kind of completely dismissed the prequels Mm -hmm. um it it hadn't it hadn't quite hit the the same heights that it has now sure sure i think a little bit we were still i think force awakens time 2015 and 2014 that was still like kind of the the precipice of it like it was like it was a really about to hit like it was about to start sure. uh, being more uh, more well known that the prequel fans were were there and were loud and wanted yeah. stuff that that acknowledged uh, what we liked too they reacted you reacted to the force awakens right you were like what the hell like why what what happened here why did we get left out of this party kind of well, um it's kind of funny that the mandalorian acknowledged the prequels more than uh <laughs> rise of skywalker did you know what i mean yeah not funny well done basically yeah. right no, no, like absolutely. yeah so since we've been talking uh so much about the sequel trilogy um, let me just give you my like few top points about how I think the movie should have gone because all of us really had it written in our heads right before it yep. came out. Mm-hmm. I know. Okay, so I think there are some basic things that we were all surprised about. Like first of all, the strength of the first order. Like to me, the first order should have been the weaker side of the fight in the beginning. It should have been a flip side of uh, a new hope, where the first order was this ragtag group of Imperial leftovers, right? So they've got these old Imperial technology that's just the remnants of what was salvaged after the fall of the Empire. And they've been, you know, off in the outer regions and gathering their strength. But when they come back, they don't come back as this superior, ultimately powerful force. They come back as a guerrilla terrorist kind of force, right? They come back uh, with scars and rust and... um, and, you know, they're kind of messed up and ugly looking and they're threatening the New Republic, which has now peacefully existed since, you know, recently after the events of Return of the Jedi. Kylo Ren uh, is their leader and in the same backstory, but uh, he's got his Knights of Ren with him at all times. They're his biker gang. They're his... They're his enforcers. They're his bodyguards. And they all have their own character names. They all have their own weapons, their own fighting styles, whatever. They all have their own ships with their own ship names. You know, we all we get like five different versions of Slave One. We get so many marketing opportunities out of this. We get so many toys out of this version of the story. These, these are it's all crazy. the toys that Hasbro won't make. <laughs> Why? Because they just, they just don't make toys. They, they, they only make original trilogy stuff now. But wouldn't they, like back when Episode 7 came out, wasn't yeah, everybody when, on board? Yeah, when Episode 7 came out, yeah, probably. Right, okay. Um, and you, if you really want to use that Starkiller uh, moniker, that callback, like forget about a bigger Death Star that's like a planet <laughs> that, like you couldn't construct that fucking thing. Like you, that thing could not be built. It, it couldn't. Uh, like, yeah. I, 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 okay, I understand a Death Star couldn't be built. I understand that. I understand a lightsaber couldn't be built. But mm-hmm. 
But even by the crazy extremes that have already been established in this universe of construction, you couldn't build Starkiller Base. It just couldn't happen. So, like, it doesn't make sense that the First Order is this powerful. Like, they come out of nowhere and they're this powerful. Okay. Sorry. I just just want to finish. I just want to finish. I'm I'm almost done. Um, So... They're instead they're a terrorist force that has been taken over and and consolidated by Kylo after he turns. He disappears into the outer re- regions. He finds them. He takes them over using the force and the and you know his Knights of Ren. He comes back and invades and tries to take over the New Republic with them. And his weapon is still called Star Killer, but it's not Star Killer base. It's a terrorist weapon. It's a bomb. It's like Starkiller Bomb, and it's this giant thing that's been like it's like this it's like this Mad Max thing, this giant ugly space bomb that flies into a sun and causes it to supernova. That's why it's called Starkiller. And 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 they and he threatens Coruscant with it. He's he's going to take out Coruscant's star system with this bomb, and the whole plot of the thing is trying to stop this thing from happening. This is my version of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I think it, it sounds pretty cool. Like I, I think Thanks. it would, would, would have made a good movie. I, I'll, I'll tell you though, I actually the thing about the first order being so powerful that oh. actually has never really bothered me. Like that, that to me is is one of those things where he, it uh, the people in the in the New Republic they just so quickly got back to squabbling amongst themselves that they didn't really focus on what was out there. They didn't really consider it, um, and it, it kind of you know I, I've. Uh, it didn't. It didn't remind me of this at the time, but now, uh, with uh, you know having all this extra time on my hands, I've been watching through um, the, the Battlestar Galactica show that was on in the early two thousands. Best, best, and it's kind of it's kind of the same thing as with the Cylons there, where they kind of they disappeared, they were away, and then nobody really thought about them. They didn't consider them a real threat, and then boom, they were back, and they were all powerful, okay. and it, and and it kind of. It feels like a version of that is what went on with the First Order. And I, 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 I always thought that was kind of an interesting way to go. Um, the Knights of Ren have always been like the weirdest, biggest missed opportunity <laughs> of the sequel trilogy. Failure! Fall on your face failure. They're there in, in um, Force Awakens, and they're only there for such a brief moment that if, if you're not going to include them more, then they just need to be left to the backstory. But then yeah. they, they get brought back in... in um, Rise of Skywalker, and they're they're pretty cool in Rise of Skywalker. I'll give them that. The fight between them and and Ben Solo is is pretty good, but the, the they're just they just feel out of nowhere. They feel like they're one of those things that's kind of a a there's, response to to nothing, you know? Like they're they're brought back for, for they're no ev- like like every other special kind of Imperial Guard. They're like a stormtrooper in a different costume, basically. Yeah, kind of. Um, see, for me with 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 the sequel trilogy, like I, I'm, I just think. The story that they told for Force Awakens, I think, is a good jumping-off point. Sure. If you do more to establish what you know what those um, factions are and what they stand for, Sense and of I place. think, yeah, yeah, it's, it's setting the place. And I think the the thing, the biggest sort of like the weirdest aspect of it is differentiating the Resistance from the New Republic. Like that to me just really feels yeah. like when we want to have rebels, yeah. and it's kind of like. But you can't, and then somebody said, "But you can't because it's the New Republic now." And they said, "Well, what if they split off from the New Republic?" And it's sort of like, "But then, are they fighting the New Republic, or are they on the same side?" It just sort of feels a little bit off. And I think if you 
combine the New Republic and the Resistance into one force. And again, you if you want to, you know, shrink them down to a rebellion-sized force, you do that with the Star Killer base or the Star Killer bomb or right. something like that. And you and then, but but you don't have this unnecessary like division to begin with between the New Republic and the Resistance. You have the Resistance to come out of the New Republic and whatever's left of it. Um, and so, yeah, you know, like, like I said, I, I, I think Force Awakens, like, it, it has all the pieces are there. They're just, there's just a few of them that are a bit out of place. Um, and then as the trilogy goes on, how those pieces are then used, you know, then there's some, some other questions to be raised, especially with the finale, in my opinion. Okay. The, the, you made a lot of great points there. I, I want to debate a couple of things with sure. you. I, 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 you know what? I, this is an impossible task, but I want to change your mind about. <laughs> I want to change your mind about the idea that um, the first order and the Cylons are equivocal. Like I, I can, I can logically draw a line with the Cylons because the Cylons are a race and a, and they're a technological race. So they can just go off and they can improve technologically and they can reproduce themselves and they get stronger just by growing in number like that. Yeah. The first order is what is it is is it a, is it a, a militia is it a is it a government if, it, if is it a government with no nation that it rules like the empire is a government it's the government of a galaxy it has that military because it has the resources of a galaxy that it governs to draw from and to construct those resources from but the first order being this um, like just, I don't know what to describe them as. They, as um, just this uh, this group uh, that is the remnants of a military force. So I guess they're a militia um, mm-hmm. that just kind of flees into exile. Like, w- like th- you have to explain to me where they get the resources to gather that strength to come back stronger than they were when they were ruling the entire galaxy like it like to to make that logical leap to me i i feel it's a step too far i just i really do and respectfully i just i just give it to you as food for thought well i i I agree it's something that could have should have been better laid out in the films um you know something that the the sequels kind of it was. It was. It's always been sort of there in in certain corners of of like Star Wars books and stuff. But something the sequels kind of brought to the forefront a little bit is this idea that the Star Wars galaxy is is so much bigger than just what we know of it. You know, there's all these parts of the galaxy that are kind of lost. Uh, right. that's, why, that's why nobody could find Luke Skywalker. He was off on the first Jedi Temple, which was just sort of knowledge that's been kind of lost to the universe. Right. And if you want to tell this version of the First Order that they did, I think. And I think, you know, when you start getting into reference guides and stuff, this is what they would, this is how they would explain it. But sure. it, it shouldn't be the, the, the domain of the reference guide. This should have been at least, um, in a bare bones version of this should have been in the film. I, I sure. completely agree. But you have this, uh, but you have this big grand galaxy and there's all these places you can, you can basically go and hide. There's all these places where nobody will know where to look for you. And especially if they're focused on, you know, the, the challenges of setting up a new government and trying to get a new government, a new republic up and running, because you can't just turn the republic machine back on and then have everything work again. You got to figure all this stuff out. 
Right. Uh, and while all of that stuff is going on, you can go to these parts of the galaxy where nobody's really paying attention, and you start to build up your strength. And you know the whole thing about you know the first order, the stormtroopers. Those aren't recruits. Those are pe- those are children that they stole and like programmed. So they're yeah. they're going out with you know what little what they have left over from the empire, going to a planet that probably doesn't have a whole lot of contact with the rest of the galaxy and saying, all right, give us all your kids. We're going to turn them into soldiers for us. And you do that all over the galaxy. You do that to hundreds or thousands of, of planets that are just sort of out of the reach of the New Republic, where they're not really looking right now. And you start building up a force. You start building up strength. And then next thing you know, you're able to make that big grand return. Now, again, that's not in the films. They don't explain that in the films. That's not, they, don't, they don't do enough to, to lay all this out. Um, and they really should have. I, I think yeah. they, they should. And again, you don't have to get into every nitty gritty detail, but you could have just put a little bit more of that in there, and it yeah. would have played out played out better. And I think you know one place you could have done that is with Finn's story. You know, he was he yeah. was a stormtrooper. Dude, and you just you're you reminded me of the other greatest <laughs> missed opportunity of the whole, yeah. like. It was a great idea. The stolen children was a great idea, and Finn, you know, leaving uh, was was a great opportunity yeah. for storytelling. And they, they didn't fucking use it at all. They didn't use well, it. They, they could yeah. utilize that in uh, in Rise when he ran into the others. Completely, he, right? they made mention that they were they were stormtroopers. Once stormtroopers, I ran away. It and should have started never, in the Last Jedi. Well, it never it was should've... mentioned again. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. Yeah. It kills me. It kills me. Yeah. It kills me. It's almost as almost as bad as Finn and Poe not being a couple. That that kills me like <laughs> so much. Like no, seriously. Like because like Oscar Isaac's like could like it would could have been great. It would have yeah. been great anyway. Anyway, it would have um, been great if they set it up more in in part two. <laughs> yeah, in Last sure. Jedi, right? But they no that that kiss. It should have been Finn and Poe. It should that that scene. It should have been Poe, not Rose. Who who smashed into Finn and stopped him from sacrificing himself? Yeah. And it should have been Poe, not Rose, who kissed him and said, "We're going to win by saving what we love, not by fighting what we hate." And it would have been great. Yeah. It would have been great. I don't know. Anyway, Dom, I don't know if you disagree with me violently on this point. You're being very quiet. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's one of those things. Like I think it could have worked. I think it would have been great. But I also love the character of Rose. And I yeah, I don't hate on get her. rid of her. <laughs> so I don't, I don't, I don't hate on her. I just feel like her existence got in the way of the thing that I think would have made this this trilogy so much better. Um, I, I but she's fine. I, I don't, I don't want to. <laughs> anyway, let's move on because Dominic has been talking about this stuff forever. Let's move on to newer stuff. Uh, let's let's get on to this season of Clone Wars, which I admit I have not been keeping up with too much. Uh, I checked in at the beginning. I'm just, you know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to nag on it because I know you, I know you really love it, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> it's just, it's, it's a hard sit for me. It really is. Um, but uh, yeah, fans of Clone Wars, we're really happy with how this thing is turning out now. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I, this has been this season. I think has been really great, and and it's the part part one of the sort of four part finale uh, right. looks to be something really special. Yes, that, that's the episode that just aired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I watched the first few minutes. I, I do plan to watch the whole thing, especially Ben. Ben's petition has, has made me decide that that it's homework for me now to watch this at least this closing <laughs> arc. Uh, 
of the season. Uh, but but basically, why can give us just like the broad details of what's happening here at the at the at the ending? At the ending, so it, it's kind of picking up on a lot of the storylines that have been sort of they've, they've been building up over the course of the series, and you have uh, Ahsoka, the, uh, Anakin's former Padawan, kind of returning to him, saying, "I need your help to um, we're we're going to track down." Darth Maul, he's he's sort of holed up on Mandalore, where he's declared himself kind of, uh, where he where he's the real ruler, and he's got some puppets that he's kind of manipulating there to make uh, to do what he wants. And she goes to him and says, "We need to, we need to invade. We need to capture Maul. We can sort of we can rescue the people of Mandalore and um, capture Maul and kind of take him off the board. If you guys, if you Anakin and you Obi Wan, come with me and do this." and Obi-Wan and Anakin are kind of like, they're unsure if they, if they can do this. You know, there's the, the whole thing with the Jedi council, you know, uh, caring more about uh, politics than people. And before, but before they can make a decision, Obi-Wan gets word that Grievous has attacked Coruscant and him and Anakin have to head back there right away. Uh, basically they have to go save Palpatine. And so Anakin leaves Ahsoka uh, behind with, uh, Captain Rex and a whole bunch of troops, and says, "You have you have to do this on your own, essentially." And so Ahsoka invades Mandalore, and chaos ensues. And that's basically part one. Uh, okay, and, yeah. Can you briefly explain how Ahsoka and Anakin end up working together again? Because hadn't wasn't she on the outs with them? Yeah. So so she walked away, um, but uh, she connected during during her sort of adventures away from Anakin. She connected with. Bo-Katan, who is the the leader of the kind of the Mandalorian resistance, the the Mandalorians that don't want anything to do with Maul and his way of doing things. They view him as an outsider and not a true uh, leader of Mandalore. And so they, so she connects with uh, with Ahsoka, and so Ahsoka then reaches out to Anakin and says, like, "Can you help me on this? Like, let's meet up and let's see if we can work together on this again." Nice. Okay. Um. Okay. So, we have Ahsoka going... Okay, this is confusing to me, because originally when I heard about this, I was getting it confused with what we heard about on The Mandalorian, which mm. was the purge of Mandalore. Yes. I, but, I, this is, I, but this is not the purge of Mandalore. This is the siege of Mandalore, right? Yeah, the, the purge of Mandalore is something that happened later. That was the Empire. We don't know exactly right. what, what they did, but that was the Empire wiping out the Mandalorians. Okay. So we're not purging Mandalore, we're sieging Mandalore. Okay, that's a that's a big important difference. I I need to get that clear. Um, so I took it to I, I took to, I understand that fans believe that yeah. in this in this episode that we just saw, the final farewell between Anakin and Ahsoka occurred. Like yeah. I saw people comparing it to the final farewell between Anakin and Obi Wan before Anakin turned in Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. It had a similar vibe to it, where it was two people that didn't quite realize that this was the last time they would right. be seeing each other. Where they they think it's like, oh, we're just we're saying goodbye for now, but we'll you know we'll meet up next week and we'll and everything will be back to normal. But it, they but they also uh, kind of recognize that they're both going into danger. So there's a there's a little bit of an element of like, oh, this might be the final farewell, but they don't want to treat it like it's right. the final farewell. And, and it's and so it's okay. Sorry, it, it's sort of understated in that way, and, it, and to me, it was really sort of beautiful the way they they kept it like they, it wasn't this big sort of dramatic swell of music and two people embracing and saying, "Ah, oh, this yeah. is the, the be- was, we've had the best times together." It was really subdued and kind of 
uh, more real than than. It's uh, kind of the Clone Wars uh, trick. It's the inside knowledge thing that that they've always had with Clone Wars, right? Like yeah. the audience knows where this whole thing is going, but the characters don't for the entire thing. Yeah, exactly. And and they're really using it right now because they, it really is. They're making it clear like this is happening at the same time as Revenge of the Sith. So all of that stuff that you know happens in that movie, that's happening concurrently with this. So yeah, Anakin and Ahsoka aren't going to see each other again because we know basically everything Anakin does from this point on. Okay. So basically we know where we're going here. We're leading up to Order 66. And Ahsoka uh, is right now being supported by uh, a troop, uh, a bunch of clones who are her, like, they've, like, sworn allegiance to her, basically. They've, yeah, got, they, they've got her symbol on their helmets. Yeah, they, they've painted their, their helmets sort of as a tribute to her, basically, as, as like, a, an acknowledgement of uh, that, that, you know, she put her life on the line for them. Uh, okay. Times and it's kind of a it's a it's a sign of respect uh, the fact that she, clearly she treats them as people not as things. So the great dramatic scenario for us as fans here, as we've already alluded to, is that we know what's coming here, which mm-hmm. is Order sixty six. Yeah. So this is the big tension, I guess, that we're ba- like the biggest tension of all this. I think mm-hmm. um, is what's going to happen between Ahsoka and her clones when order 66 comes into effect. And I want to know, Dom, I want to know mm-hmm. what, what do you think is going to happen? So I, I, I have a, I have a theory on how this is going to play out. And it's based on a, It's based again, it's based on sort of that privileged knowledge that the audience we have, because we've seen yes. other things. Um, we know from, from rebels that Rex down the line, captain Rex, who, who was, uh, who is, who's with Ahsoka at this point, he, he was able to remove his chip, this thing in his head that, that we learned earlier in Clone Wars uh, is activated when uh, the words Order 66 are spoken and is what makes the clones turn on the Jedi. So we know that, that Rex, later on down the line, he isn't still a, a hell-bent on killing Jedi. And when Rex showed up in Rebels, you know, some people asked Dave Filoni, the executive producer of the show, like, okay, how does... How is Rex still around? Did Rex execute Order 66? And Filoni said something really interesting. He said, you know, a good person can overcome any programming, mm-hmm. which actually kind of ties in with, with Finn in a, in a really nice and interesting way. Uh, so my, my prediction is that when Order 66 gets called, Rex will start to turn on Ahsoka, but he will find a way to resist it. And when we saw the clones go into order, go into when we saw a clone go into order sixty six mode earlier in the series, they were kind of in a trance, like they weren't really in control yeah. anymore. Right. And so I think Rex will kind of enter into that trance, and and but then start to resist it and try, kind of do a little bit of a Gollum Schmeagol kind of thing where he's kind of arguing with himself, and he'll be sort of on the verge of like, is he going to kill Ahsoka? Is he not going to kill Ahsoka? And Ahsoka will will bust out a line that she says later. To uh, to Vader in Rebels, yes, I know uh, what it is. when she yeah. says, "I'm no Jedi," and I think she'll say that to Rex. Yes, that will clear Rex's mind, and he'll be yes. able to stand with her and fight with her and help her escape this. And then escape. you are correct, Kevin. <laughs> what does he win? <laughs> 
That is the correct <laughs> answer. That is exactly what's going to happen. Um, it's 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 right in the syntax of Order sixty six. Mm. They're supposed to kill the Jedi. She's not a Jedi. It's very simple. It's yeah. that's exactly what's going to happen. Um, now, Rex, correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't Rex the character who is retconned from Return of the Jedi? Isn't he the bearded guy from Return yeah. of the Jedi from the landing party exactly. that Han Solo leads? Yep. Some some people like to believe he it's, is. Oh, is that not official? It's his likeness. Like, it's it's it like there's people have have noticed that there is an old man with a with a white beard there. Mm-hmm. I uh, thought it was I thought it was canonized. It's been it's been like brought. It's one of those things like they've gone almost to the point where they've said yes, that's the same person, but they've stopped just shy of it. Where they've said Rex is on Endor, they've shown Rex on Endor, but they've never put a picture of Rex next to a picture of that guy and gone, same person. Um, which they shouldn't do because Rex, in reality, wouldn't look anything like that guy. Um, okay. That guy, uh, Rex... Is, so you're against that idea? Yeah, yeah, because Rex, okay. Rex is, is Tamora Morrison. That's what he would look like. And I, I know you don't, don't want to get too political on, on the show, but you know, taking somebody who was Maori, who's native, yeah. uh, and making them a white dude is not exactly the greatest thing in my mind. And, okay. And I think, I, think I think you just explained from. the exact reason it's not canon. Yeah. I think I think I think people at Lucasfilm are smart enough to know that little political detail and that's why. Yeah. So I, I think that's I think that's that yeah, that's why they shouldn't do that. But like you know, if they want to say oh Rex Rex was there but he was just he was fighting in a different battle and you didn't see him in Return of the Jedi. That's one of those things where it's like Okay, sure. Why not? Like that's kind of kind of silly, kind of unnecessary. But why not? Let's let's say he was there. Uh, the right, camera right, just right. never pointed at him. But let's not say he's that guy because that gets into right. Know. Because then all of a sudden, then all of a sudden, we could have native groups protesting, and that is not fun. We don't want that. Yep. We don't. We, you know, that's it's just one of those things. You just you know they they, they yeah. They you just, should avoid. You should yeah. avoid. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, cool. Okay, so I you know what I. I agree with you. That is exactly how <laughs> we just spoiled the ending of Clone Wars for everybody. The fact that they already released that line as promo for Clone Wars, the I am no Jedi line, uh, is interesting because I was like, you just gave away the end of your series. Uh, like, well, we know we know how she survives Order 66 now. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. All this stuff was in, was in Rebels, right? And Rebels was made at a time when they didn't think they'd ever do more Clone Wars. So they're like, this is as close as we can get. We can kind of allude to all these things and, and now the, now they're going back and it's like okay well the basic the basic roadmap of how of what needs to happen is already there in rebels if you want to find it it's just now we get to see the actual details of it play out right. cool and they're doing another season of rebels too aren't they uh, there's rumors that they're gonna be that oh, there's, a, that there's that another show um that would pick up that 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 they're, that's being called a rebels. Oh, a spinoff. Yeah, it would be that would be about Ahsoka and Sabine, but that has not been confirmed yet. But there are rumors out there. Ahsoka and Sabine. Hmm. Because if you remember how how Rebels ends, yes, those two have they've they've got some some stuff they got to take care of. They have to go look for Buddy and uh, and little Blue Napoleon. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. <laughs> I am a Thrawn hater. I just I'm una, I I'm an unabashed Timothy Zahn hater. I read, 
I read Heir to the Empire before you were born, Dominic. <laughs> uh, I wish I was joking. Uh, I, I waited anxiously for that book to come out, the sequel to Return of the Jedi. Are you kidding me? I was so excited about that book. I couldn't have been that old. I don't know what, what year it came out, but I, I couldn't have been older than like 12. And I wasn't that literate or snobby in any way. But I, I just, I remember reading that book and being like a third of the way through it and being like, this is a bad book. <laughs> I, I never felt that about a book before. I, my, I remember feeling like this, this is the first time I felt this about a book and it's about, it's about a Star Wars book that I've been waiting for for years and I'm so excited about. But, but he says the word sardonically on every other page. I remember because I had to look up the word sardonically the first time he said it. And, and then I... And then I was like, okay, that's a cool word, and it's a Star Wars-y word. And then he said it on every other page, and I was like, what is wrong with you? And, and then there was another thing, uh, a handful of heartbeats. He used that phrase, like, every <laughs> chapter. Like, he used this phrase, a handful of heartbeats. And just, for, like, forget about what he did with the characters and the story. Like, Admiral Thrawn is our new villain, this little blue Napoleon dude? Like... I don't know. Anyway, um, I'm not a fan of any of that. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, uh, I don't know, Kev. How do you feel about Admiral Thrawn? I don't, I, we've never really talked about it. <laughs> honestly, I don't. I don't mind Thrawn. Um, I don't know. He kind of reminds me of uh, Tarkin, uh, Grand Moff Tarkin in a way. Uh, just blue. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like just as um, and little. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Uh, no, I. I I don't have a problem with Thrawn at all. Okay. Uh, it's just my me. Knowledge I'm of the Thrawn asshole. Is Rebel, That's though, so. <laughs> I'm the asshole. It's okay. Yeah. I'm used to it. That's just me. It's cool. Everybody can love Thrawn. I just I never look, said love. I'm, I said I don't mind I, Thrawn. I feel like <laughs> I feel like look, here guys, here's my bottom line on Star Wars, okay? Um when Lucas when Disney bought it, I thought this can be a good thing because Disney has so many resources and the ability to do so much that the Star Wars universe can expand so massively now, right? So I don't have to worry about whether they're making content for children anymore because they will make content for children, but then they will also make content for adults. Mm. And I was like excited. I was like, okay, I'm going to get some cool content. I don't know what it's going to be, but something is going to come. You know, it's just like... um, you know, uh, with Marvel and um, Deadpool. You know, that didn't come from MCU. That came from Sony, but it's a Marvel, whatever. And now it's going to come from MCU. Um, you know, I all that MCU stuff before that was great. It was good stuff. But then I get this thing that's that's more adult. That's 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 more cool to me. That's more exciting to me. And I and I just thought, you know, when when Disney bought Lucasfilm, that this was going to happen with star Wars as well, that this universe was going to expand. And then there was just going to be all these different streams of content. And, and here's the kids content and here's the adolescent content. Here's the, you know, more female skewed content. Here's, and here's the fucking OTOG content, right? Here's the game of Thrones meets star Wars content. Here's, you know, that's what I've been waiting for. And, and I, and, and I think that you're not completely, um, against me on this, Dominic, because because you like the political stuff from the prequels, and and 
and and that's what I think we need. I think we need to establish the politics of this universe, you know. And you can skip over it in the kids' content, you know. You can skip over it in the animated. We get most of it in the animated content right now, but um, whatever. Give it to us in cinematic form. Give it like establish the universe and give us the adult content stream, please. And I think we're getting closer there with the Mandalorian. Closer. The Mandalorian really felt like a, a, a live-action version of the animated stuff to me a lot of the time, but I think it's finding its way in my direction. And I think that the Cassian Andor series is probably going to be a lot closer to what I want. Um, I think there's hope. I'm not hopeless, but I've been disappointed so far. I went on a rant. I don't even have a question to follow up my rant with. Yeah. What, I, well, what, I think, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I think Mandalorian is kind of thing that... It's maybe not I, like I don't think they're ever going to go full Deadpool or even full no, low. No, and yeah, yeah. I, I think I don't think they're going to go that far. I think Mando is kind of not quite the limit, but is approaching that limit of how far they'll go, and maybe the Cassian show will kind of push it to that. That point. I think Mando's doing a much better job, by the way. Like it's giving us like Imperial uh, officers. It's 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 implying some kind of ragged structure. It's impl- yeah. it, it gave us the New Republic officer. It's implying some kind of new structure there. Like it's giving a sense of place. It is. Mm-hmm. So yeah, credit. credit. It's it, it's kind of leading that way. But they they had. They had for the on the film side, they have, they just have to figure out like what we were talking about earlier. This kind of this this balancing act between including some nostalgic elements because you have you need it, you know, people want that. Yeah. Uh, but also, how do you take the story in new directions? And and like I was saying, I think they just have to accept that some people aren't going to like it, especially with the films where the audience is so big. Like you know, Mando was a huge show and was very popular, but was it as big as the films? Probably not. Really not it wasn't didn't quite hit those same heights, uh, and so you didn't have to worry about pleasing quite as many people uh, with that show. Um, and you can bet as that show goes on, and you know there will be some people that don't like the direction it takes because it's gonna have to, you know, it, for its story, it's gonna have to make some choices at some point. Mm-hmm. And um, it, you know they, they they just like I was saying they got to find that balancing act. And I think season one Amanda was was pretty good at it. Uh, and there's other things that I think have been pretty good at it. I think, uh, you know, this season season of Clone Wars, uh, whether you like the animation or not, is is um, has d- done a pretty good job of that of, of you know being the show people remember uh, yeah. the Clone Wars as being, but also taking taking it in new directions and doing interesting things with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and so I I think there's there is some of that going on with Star Wars. It's just they they seem very rudderless at the cinematic uh, scale. And they just got to, they got to sort that out because I think they had a lot of big ideas and then they started second guessing themselves after um, the, the backlash to last Jedi, which, uh, you know, I think they listened a little too much to the wrong people uh, with that. Um, and with um, solo, not performing the way uh, they wanted it to, I think they again overreacted and instead of saying, okay, Maybe two two films too close together is uh, not a good idea, or maybe we got to market or we got to rethink how we market this thing. Uh, they went with, well, let's just shut down, let's just shut it down, and, and re- let's shut down everything we're working on and and rethink it all. And it's like, yeah, I don't think you need to quite go that far either. So it, it there's there's still some figuring out to 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 be done, and um, you know, every every franchise goes through this, especially when you're dealing with multiple creatives when it's not just one person driving it. And right, uh, you know, I, I, I'm 
being patient, but I know that that's, but I, that there's times when I don't really feel very patient and I don't blame anybody for not being patient with them because it's been going on a while. And like we were talking about off the top, there's, there's, there's a lot of times where it's like, oh, here's something really cool. Actually, it's not happening. <laughs> yeah. Later, so. Right. Uh, you know, the Obi-Wan series will happen. Um, man, I'm fascinated to find out what they're going to do with it. It's, mm. it, it's, such a, it's such a mystery, and there's so much potential there. Um, you know, I, I want to I get to the future of Star Wars, and I want to talk about my predictions, and I want to hear you guys' reactions and your predictions. But, um, but before we do, I keep mentioning Ben's petition, and I haven't talked about it yet. So let's get to it. Uh, in a stroke of brilliance, uh, I want to say maybe mad genius, even though I saw it coming. I want to say this. I listened to your last episode <laughs> where, you, where you were talking about uh, this last episode of Clone Wars, and I, I said to myself... They are going to say <laughs> that this ending of this season should be released in theaters. I, I saw Ben leading up to it anyway because he made a post about how certain scenes looked like they were live action film scenes already. And he had been talking about it a little bit. General, I think he had it on his mind already. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, I saw it coming. And then, then lo and behold, the next day, here comes this petition. And... Um, it, you know what? I got to admit, I, I love it. Um, uh, the mission statement on this petition is it's on change.org. Everybody go look for it. Uh, the petition is release the Clone Wars, the Siege of Mandalore in theaters as a movie. And the mission statement is we, the understand, would like to formally and respectfully ask that the powers that be at Lucasfilm and the Walt Disney Company to consider releasing Star Wars, the Clone Wars four episode Siege of Mandalore story arc in theaters as a feature film this December or whenever the COVID-19 crisis has passed. And then it goes on, and it's very well written why it should happen. Um, uh, ben lays out his reasoning. Um, and uh, so far, he's got 766 signatures. Uh, I think it's only been a couple of days. So uh, this thing is very popular. Um, I signed And it. you have been... I signed it as well. <laughs> even, though I, even though I told Ben I disagree with him. <laughs> <laughs> but I always tell Ben I disagree with him, and he still talks to me for some reason. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, I think it's I think it's genius because um, you know Ben has made clear that his his goal here is not so much a realistic expectation that this will happen because I think I think Ben understands that there's no fucking way in hell this is going to happen. Um, even if you had twenty thousand signatures, I. I still don't think this would happen, but yeah. it's brilliant because you are making a statement about your love of the show that is making noise on a level of you're being picked up by other Star Wars sites I've seen. I don't I don't have it in front of me, so I can't I can't I can't uh, state it explicitly, but I know that you are getting attention for this. This is becoming a story out there that this petition is a thing, and. And now you are the voice of fans of this show, and that is really great for you guys. Because when you are in a in an op, in a position where you have an opportunity to maybe get a chance to talk to the people who worked on this show, the the actors, uh, they are going to want to talk to you because they are going to know who you are. 
they're going to know who Ben is because he's the guy who started this this thing that became this story about the love for this show. Um, so it's only beneficial for you, and it's not some kind of thing that you planned. That's not some machination. It's out of your absolute, or Ben's anyway, but I know you guys all feel the same way. It's, it's out of absolute love and pure fandom. It is the purest expression of love, and it's brilliant. And I applaud it, and I support it fully, even though I disagree with it. I, I fully, I fully applaud it and love it. And and I think what what sets this petition apart from most online fandom petitions is that it is like it's coming from a place of of enjoyment and positivity and love. Yes. Rather than remake the the last season of Game of Thrones because we didn't like what you did. And yeah, right. I, like, I don't love the last season of Game of Thrones, but whatever. It's right. it, it is what it is. And and right. but those sort of petitions like that, or any of those release the Snyder cut things, like those those tend to be like sort of driven by people who are angry that they didn't get what they want. Right. Whereas right. this this one is just sort of like, yeah, we love the show, and we'd love to just sort of, you know, in in a perfect world, we'd love to get uh, get another chance to celebrate it uh, by seeing it in theaters. You know, I, and you're right, it's never going to happen. It's not. Yeah. It's not, not really. <laughs> A, a realistic goal might be to get a, a screening at a Star right. Wars celebration. At, at a theater, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where, the, you know, in one of their, yeah, like something like that, like one screening would be a realistic... Or like, you know what? You guys oh. could rent a theater and put on a show. And probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Make it, make it happen, make it so. Uh, that too, <laughs> it, but it's just sort of, um, but it's it's just one of those things where it's, it's, it's about people being excited about something for a change rather than mm. trying to tear something down. And so, yeah, like... Like you guys, I think I, whenever I see an online petition for something related to uh, movies or comic books or whatever, I tend to roll my eyes. But this one was just kind of like, yeah, sure. This is just about celebrating celebrating what you love, not fighting what you hate. Exactly. My my earlier point about Star Wars Underworld is perfectly encapsulated by this. Your your true north on your compass of fandom is positivity. And it's it's genuine. It's not out of some plan. Uh, um, it is just who you are. And that's why you guys are so popular. It's, we're just we're just trying to have fun. <laughs> yeah, and you are, and you're and you're making it. You're, you're giving us a lot of fun too, as yeah, fans. I, and I, I genuinely believe that, like, I, I have more fun when I'm enjoying stuff. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I'm not somebody that that thinks it's fun to to just tear down things and and to hate on them. Now, when I dislike something, I'm not going to lie and say I like it. But uh, my my preference is that I'm I'm watching stuff and and reading stuff and and. Uh, I'm not much of a gamer, but playing stuff that I enjoy mm. and I'm having fun about and the stuff I don't like, yeah, I'll say, yeah, I didn't care for that one. And then I'll try and shove it off to the side. Although I'm having a real hard time shoving Rise of Skywalker off to the side. Um, but, it, you know, I'll, I, and, and go back to focusing on the things that actually bring me joy because that's what, that's why we watch, read, play, whatever uh, the, these things is because they actually bring us joy, not because we want to be angry. That's a fantastic point. And that I think, I think really does embody the spirit of your site. Um, mm -hmm. And you know what? Uh, I just remembered. Uh, we're going a little long now. I'm sorry, guys. Um, I don't know if we're going to get time to play uh, Does It Fuck or not today. Uh, we'll, we'll try. We'll try. But I, there's still more stuff I want to talk about because I just, re I just remembered when I had been on, I... I meant to ask about this and I never did. So now I have you here. Um, I, we haven't talked about channel 1138 because this is a unique thing to me. This is something that I had never heard of before, something I'd never seen before until I came across you guys. Um, this platform, um, this podcasting platform basically uh, is, is Mixler. 
MIXLR. It's a it's an application. It's an online thing, and it's a it's a live broadcasting uh, platform for podcasts or for any audio. It's a live audio broadcasting platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> tell me about how you came to be on this thing. Tell me about why you use this thing. Um, what is the history here? So uh, we started doing the podcast live back in back around uh, 2013. It actually might have even been late 2012, just kind of as a as a way of, of sort of forcing us to to do the show at a regular time. Because uh, when the Star Wars Underworld podcast got started, it, it could be very irregular and kind of erratic in its release schedules. It was like, oh well, when do we have time to record? Okay, well we have time to record on Friday and on Sunday. And so you wind up, you release, you record an episode on Friday, release it Saturday, record another episode on Sunday, release it Monday, and then there's nothing for two weeks. <laughs> and it was kind of like that. And so yep. uh, going live forced us like, okay, we have to have a time and we have to be live at that time every week. It'll be like, like a TV show, like a radio show, like whatever. Right. Uh, and so we, we, we tried a few platforms out um, first and then uh, discovered Mixler as a, as a place to, to, to use. And it, it works, works pretty well. Uh, we like it. And mm-hmm. so we started using that, and we started uh, broadcasting those episodes. And then um, a Channel 1138 is more uh, Chris's project, where he, he, he really wanted to have basically like a, a, a radio station, essentially, where you played, that was, that was all these sort of Star Wars or geek podcasts. And, right. um, uh, and, and so we've, you know, he kind of has, has uh, built that around, uh, starting with our live broadcasts and then some other shows that have wanted to... Uh, that have uh, done live shows and and um, have been been a part of uh, Channel Eleven Thirty Eight. So it it it's a it's a good platform. It, it, it you know like to, as a way to, to put your stuff out there live. And uh, I'm all for podcasts and and um, fan communities and websites and stuff. I think it's better when we work together. Sure. Uh, when people get competitive and and decide they have to be the number one this or the number one that, or they want to. Um, you know, scoop these other people and that sort of thing. When they turn it into a competition, it's sort of like that's that starts to again, it starts start to lose a little interest because I'm not in this to compete. I'm in yeah. this to have fun and and um, talk about the stuff I enjoy. And so I think anytime you bring people together, whether you call yourselves a network or uh, or not, uh, I think is is for the best. Right. I I totally agree with you. And I'm curious when you're talking about this. This is something that I don't get as a podcaster, and I've been doing I've been doing this since two thousand eight on and off. Um, how can you even know? <laughs> like, how, like when you talk about being competitive, like people talk about this all the time, and I'm and I think, am I competitive? I ask myself, am I competitive with anybody? And I'm like, how could I even be? Like, how would I know? Mm-hmm. Like, what is the metric? Like, where is the metric? Like, where is the like top? Where is the Billboard listing of podcasts? Yeah. <laughs> like, I like 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 iTunes has its thing, I guess, and you know every app has its thing. But where is the? Yeah, but if you're not in the top two hundred, like, what is if you're not you know? Yeah, if you're not you know some kind of NPR show or Pod Save America or you know one of these like top top tier podcasts, like there's not even that. It's not even like. You can't even say, "Oh, we're the best Star Wars podcast," because there's not it's not a specific ranking for the top Star Wars podcast. So, unless you're like one of those huge, huge podcasts that is, you know, legitimately listened to by millions of people, there's, there's no, no is way there of- is there a Star Wars version of that? I don't think so. 
I don't think so. There might have been at one point. Like, if somebody asked me what's the top Star Wars podcast, I wouldn't know. Like, I could tell you what my favorite ones are, but I, mm. but I, I really don't know what like how to how to apply metrics to them. Like, what's yeah. more successful? I guess there, I don't know. There have been a couple that have at different points seemed like they've really sort of captured the the um you know the the Star Wars attention that have been like kind of the, the that you know could have probably made a legitimate claim at being number one for a while but those shows have kind of you know I, I think you know when when podcasting was just getting started I think uh, as well people could make a claim like that but mm. the thing about Star Wars is that there's so many Star Wars podcasts and each one has a slightly different angle and there are some that are really sort of only about niche things that are yeah. really interested in like talking about like the, the background characters and that sort of thing or they want to break down movies scene by scene and that's awesome and then there's other shows that are a little bit more broad and like let's talk about the news and that's great too like you you have all these sort of mix and match podcasts and you have podcasts that are all about one character or all about uh, a certain aspect of star wars that like you know for people that are star wars fans you know there's so star wars fans have so many different interests that they can find a podcast that fills their uh you know fulfills their interest that in a way that they don't have to listen to the other ones if they don't yeah. want to. I know lots of people do, and that's great too. But there's no need for one Star Wars podcast because there's so many, and there's so many different ways of looking at Star Wars that it, it why not just have all the different podcasts and let people pick whichever one best sure. suits what they want to listen to? Yeah, and you really have to because it's it's become such a granular thing. There's um. There are so many different political slants out there now. I think the one thing that that JJ did well with Rise of Skywalker is that um, <clears throat> it doesn't really have the kind of us versus them like straight up division that the Last Jedi had in the fandom. I just feel like like everybody hates something and everybody likes something, <laughs> and like we're like it's just got a thousand different divisions instead of just like a solid line between we're on this side, we're on this side. So the war feels less painful. It just feels like it's just, it's just a mess instead of a war. It feels like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> random observation. But, um, I, okay, minutia of, of how Mixler and, and, and how you operate with 1138. So you, so you broadcast the podcast live mm-hmm. weekly on, on channel 1138 on Mixler. And you record it. Mm-hmm. So then you post an edited version after that, yeah. Do you but do you leave the original stream up on Mixler? Yes, usually. Okay, usually. so so then so then you actually post end up posting two versions of each episode of your podcast, the raw version and the edited version. Yeah. So when when you record something on Mixler, when you do a, a live show, you it, it just automatically sort of saves a version there on what's called your show reel, right? If you go to the yeah. uh, mixer.com slash channel uh, dash eleven thirty eight, I think uh, you, there's a there'll be a place to click where it says show reel, and you'll see all the different shows there that have been recorded, and uh, they just that just sort of automatically happens unless you tell it not to, unless you say right. no, I don't want that to happen, and I, I've only told it not to to publish one or two episodes, and that was only because there were like major mega technical difficulties that yeah. made made parts of them like impossible to listen to. Um, but yeah, so so that version just sort of is there. It's kind of there for for people that really want to hear it, and it's there for, in case anybody discovers shows that way. I don't know how people how people go about listening, but uh, to, to to stuff on Mixler. But if anybody 
were just sort of clicking around looking for something and they stumbled across it, I would want it to be there so they could listen to it and hopefully yeah. enjoy it. But the, the the version that goes to everybody's you know podcast apps or you know, the phones and that sort of thing is a version that we've recorded. And you know, don't do a ton of editing. Yeah, uh, I know. Just just put a just, you know clean up a few places here or there if if they really need it uh, or if there's a technical difficulty, just remove it. Uh, occasionally throw in a, a, a sensor beep uh, and uh, <laughs> and just sort of uh, throw all that st- just sort of put it together and put a, a little bit more of a polish on it and then that's the version that goes out to so, Apple Podcasts and Spotify and everything like that. Where do you host that version from is my that next question. Version, uh, we use a service called Libsyn uh, which okay. you, you, have, you have to pay for. I've heard of it. I've heard yeah. of it, yeah. It's not, Nerd, it's not nerdy podcaster stuff. Yeah. Now we're into nerdy, yeah. nerdy stuff. Okay, it, it doesn't have to be super expensive, uh, and we don't use a, a super expensive version of it. But we yeah. just—it's there, and it's it's a good service. It gets everything out in a timely way, and it gives you, uh, you know, at the level that we pay for, it gives us, you know, all the stats we need. Cool. Mm-hmm. So you, but you, so you take your met, obviously you take your metrics from Lipson, not Bixler. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't think there's a way to know how. Like, we we can know how many people listen to any show live. Like, you can see, oh, this many people tuned in, uh, and this was the maximum number of people listening at any one time. And here's the total number of people that checked out for a bit. Um, but beyond that, like, I don't know if we can if there's any way to know. I'm pretty sure there's not. There's there's any there's not a way to know how many people listen to the the raw recording after right. that. Right. Okay. Cool. This is only interesting to me. I've just bored anybody who's listening <laughs> to the end. And don't worry, nobody's listening. Um, so look, look. This is something I should have mentioned earlier off the top. You can say whatever you want here. So uh, Dominic's top five list of things he hates about Ben secretly. Go. <laughs> he never sends me barbecue sauce in the mail. Damn it! No matter how many times I've asked him to. <laughs> Damn it! And I'm sure you've sent him poutine many times. Oh yeah, all the time. Actually, when Ben when Ben was here, I made him try poutine, and I don't think he was. I don't think he hated it, but I don't think he like super loved it either. So, kind of. Yeah. We didn't talk about how the fact that you're a Canadian guy like us. Yeah. Uh, so we all live in the the same general area of the world. Um, mm-hmm. And I saw on your Facebook, do you work for the Toronto Blue Jays? I do. Yeah. I. Um, Are you allowed to talk about that at all? Or I can. I, I can. I can tell you basically what i do but beyond that i don't think okay just i'm just curious what you do (laughs) Uh, so i I, when the season is on i am part of the uh what used to be called the ambassadors and now is called the the stadium support squad and uh, and uh, we basically our our main role is assisting people with accessible needs getting in and out of the stadium but then we're also there to do uh, to, you know, you know, if you go to a game, if you're outside a game, and you're like, you're looking for somebody to say, "Hey, where's Gate 5? I'll be. You might, you might run into me. Right. Uh, we're, we're at, we're at, we're not the people checking your bags. We're not security, but we're there to just sort of direct you and answer questions and that sort of thing. And then the other thing we do on the regular is um, when people pay to have uh, their birthday put on the the jumbotron, we will also go and deliver a card and get the. Uh, a section of the crowd to sing happy nice. birthday. That, so, that sounds uh, like a fun job for a sports fan. It's very fun. <laughs> it's, mm. it's very fun. Uh, and I love it. And 
the the toughest part of there being no sports right now is not getting to go back to it. <laughs> so, I bet, I bet. But yeah. you but you do lead quite a life for a fan, huh? You lead the double fandom dream life. <laughs> Honestly, you you get to go to every Blue Jays game and you get all kinds of behind the scenes access. I'm sure. And you get awesome behind the scenes or like, you know, super fan access to Star Wars events like you get to go to the world premiere uh, (laughs) once in a while um, because of Star Wars Underworld, man. You are really uh, you're living the kind of a to a fan. You're kind of a celebrity, man, for real. Oh, thank you. That's uh, you're you're stretching that word's definition. I I know, I know, I know. But no, <laughs> okay. legit, legit, you got some clout. I I respect. I respect. Thank you. Yeah. I, uh, thank you. Yeah. I, it, it's it's been pretty fun. Like uh, last summer was um, pretty was pretty surreal between being at like you said just about every Jays game. So I was there. Uh, I saw Vladdy Junior's first hit. I saw Verlander throw a no hitter on us. All this stuff. I mean, I didn't see the whole game because I was working, but I caught key moments of them. Uh, and uh, and then, you know, between Celebration and D23 and Comic-Con last year was, was pretty, it was pretty cool. <laughs> it was pretty amazing. Cool. It yeah. sounds amazing, man. It sounds amazing. Look, I, I should probably try to wrap us up because we have gone on a little bit long. I wanted to talk about our predictions, but I don't think we're going to have time for that because that's, that's a whole other spiel. Yes. <laughs> um, and I can go on for days and days and days about where I think it's going. And I hope you'll come back and we can have that conversation, sure. Dom, because sure. I yeah. really enjoy talking to you. Um, <laughs> but before we do wrap up, I do want to talk a little bit about, uh, Kev, do you, do you have, do you have, the clip to play. I want to talk about our new game show that I am introducing that nobody understands but me yet. So I'm going to try to explain. So you're talking about the YouTube clip that you kicked me? Over? I'm talking about, no, let's, okay, yeah. Uh, okay, let's play the YouTube clip that sets up the concept of our entire game. All right. And 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 look, look, millennials, Generation Z, Generation Y, kids, I'm Dom's people, Dom, and younger. I'm talking to you. Uh, this is this is too old for this podcast's youth outreach program. This is our new direction to try to bring the kids out, to try to appeal to the kids. So let's start off. Kev, roll the clip. So this is the team. Uh, whoa. I'm just going to say it. This guy fucks. Am I right? Because I'm looking at the rest of you guys. This is the guy in the house doing all the fucking. Am I right? You know I'm right. This guy fucks. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, what's up, Al-Qaeda? So, that's the great Silicon Valley, of course. Yeah. And I... I, 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 I I knew that you told me that this was happening. I suspected it was a reference to that, but I always forget how great that scene is. You are a Silicon Valley fan. Okay. Thank goodness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but since this episode, I have heard the kids adopting this phrase. Now, whenever they like something or somebody, they say it fucks or they fuck. Right. So yeah. the kids, they don't have time for our reviews. They don't, they don't care what I think think about preservation of canon they don't care about what i think about lighting and direction and writing they don't give a shit all they want they want to get in and out they want the information all they want to know is does it fuck and that is the name of our new game show kevin will you please play the theme song does it fuck Where we tell you <laughs> what you should like and what you shouldn't. <laughs> in 
rapid form so quickly, guys. Let, let, let's let's try to play the game a little bit. Can we? Do we? Go for can, it. Can we try? All right. So, so basically, it, we'll have to have a panel of at least three people. We'll do it next episode. We're, next episode, by the way, guys, if, if anybody's listening, uh, <laughs> we're going to have uh, the return for episode 50. The OTOG roundtable is going to come back. So Billy Gregory, uh, Greg Davis uh, are going to join us. We're going to check up with them on what they've been up to during the COVID crisis, what they've been watching, what they're liking. Um, and uh, we are... Maybe we'll get time to play Does It Fuck with those guys. Mm. Um, so basically, this is how it's going to go. We're going to have to, it's going to have to be things that we've all seen, but basically, we're just going to name, instead of reviewing, basically, right? Instead of analyzing, critiquing, we're just going to throw out names of TV shows and movies and we're going to say, Does it fuck or does it not fuck? And then we will have a uh, a uh, democratically scientific uh, scale for categorizing um, <laughs> film, films and movies. So it's 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 rapid access information delivered to the young generation who need their information fast. They need it fast. They need it fast. Right? Does it fuck? Does it not fuck? In and out. Right, Good. Get on with it. All right. <laughs> so what have we all seen? <laughs> <laughs> Tiger King, except for uh, Dominic. Dominic, Dominic what, what's the last? What's the last non-Star Wars thing that you have watched, with film or television? Uh, like I said earlier, I'm, I'm watching through uh, Battlestar Galactica right now. So the last thing I watched was an, an episode from uh, I think okay. season three. So We're I'm, talking I'm about still... 2006 Battlestar Galactica, yeah. the greatest science fiction TV show ever <laughs> made. Um, yeah. I, hold on, I just gave away Over my answer. Firefly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we can have a whole episode about Firefly and why that's bullshit. But um, bullshit. I, I, yes. I, let me just say, I'm gonna say Firefly doesn't fuck. Does not fuck. Oh, See, Firefly Kevin. fucks. No, you lost. It's two to one. See, there we go. That's how the game <laughs> Firefly works. Firefly fucks. <laughs> that's how the I game. I just works, finished Kevin. fucking Firefly just now. <laughs> Okay, but officially, the Tool Fist podcast rating for Firefly is it doesn't fuck. I'm sorry, you lost. You lost by the Democratic vote by one fuck. <laughs> anyway. There, when we play the game for real, there will be sound effects and stuff. It'll be really fun. Yeah. Um, the whole the whole point is though just to uh, it's a it's a rapid fire review thing. So the other thing we mentioned was Battlestar Galactica. So I will go first. Battlestar Galactica fucks so hard <laughs> you can't leave it alone with your wife at a party. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna echo that one. <laughs> Dominic, no, you have to you have to it's it, it doesn't count. No, that's a violation. Uh, <laughs> that's against the rules. See, if we had the sound effects ready, there would be a buzzer when you said that. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Dominic, Battlestar Galactica 2006. Does it fuck? Yes, absolutely. Yes, I, okay. I, I can't think of I can't think of something witty to add on okay. to it right now. Okay, yes, it does. <laughs> see, if I had prepared you, you would have been able to write a joke like I yeah. did. Yeah, and yeah. Then it would be a funny bit. Am I right? It's a funny bit. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Good, good, good. I, Kevin, I, this was a pure yes/no kind of thing. <laughs> now you're getting it, though. See, I'm explaining it. That's the whole point. I'm explaining. Mm. Now we're so, all getting it. I've never actually watched the uh, the remake oh, of Battlestar Galactica. Nice no, oh. I've never watched it. I used to watch the original Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> this is where 70s. you would play. Boom, 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 boom. 
Thank you. Okay, so we don't have an answer for Battlestar Galactica, apparently. Wait a minute. No matter what you would have voted, it, it would fuck. Yes, Battlestar Galactica fucks. <laughs> See? There we go. There would be, like, applause now, and it would be exciting. Anyway, that's Does It Fuck. Stay tuned for that next episode. It's going to be really awesome. I, I swear to God. Right. Dominic, uh, thanks again uh, for joining us. Please come uh, back yes, soon. Thank you. Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts before we sign off? for today's episode any final fucks <laughs> <laughs> um no just just uh keep enjoying the stuff you enjoy and the stuff you don't enjoy yeah leave it off to the side leave, 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 leave it where you don't have to think about it because right. uh, it's more fun to enjoy stuff uh which is what you guys are doing here and it's been it's been a lot of fun guys thanks for having me Thanks yeah, so much thank for coming. You. Please come back again soon. Yeah. I am gonna I'm gonna try to have Chris on soon. I wanna have him on, especially to talk about culture slate now. So I will have done the trifecta. I will have had a a foursome with y'all. And uh <laughs> and and I'm happy that you guys are so cool that you're that you're willing to do this. I really appreciate it. I really do. Um so Kev, uh, mm. you know we've talked a lot tonight. We've covered a lot of uh, we've covered a lot of important subjects. And even though we are not a Star Wars podcast, we have once again spent two hours digging mm-hmm. into the deep, nerdy minutia of Star Wars, and it has been a lot of fun. Yeah. But um, uh, do we have anything left to discuss before we sign off for today? Uh, nothing off the top of the head. Um... Do you have any listener questions? Uh, there might be one in the uh, in the queue. Who do we have? That's the end. Uh. Oh, Janet! Yes, that's that's the end. It's again, again, the end of tool for this podcast, and, uh, episode forty-nine. Janet, who's that with you in the uh, queue? Carol Baskin. Ah, she definitely killed her husband, right? <laughs> like I'm, like she definitely killed her husband. <laughs> She definitely and Janet Jackson. There you she go. She definitely rubbed sardine oil into his clothes, <laughs> and I don't know. She maybe injected him with MDMA. They mentioned that in the series yeah. too. That yeah. when you inject people with MDMA, it's an easy way to kill them. Carol Baskin definitely. Carol Baskin definitely killed her husband. That's all for two for this podcast episode forty nine. Until next episode. Oh man, see, I see, Kev, I fucked it up. I fuck up. I fuck. Up. I see. If I say until next episode, then it ruins your thing. Yeah, I can't say good. that. I can't. Dominic, are you still there? Yeah. Did Dominic yeah. hang up? <laughs> I just wanted to apologize for dragging out and ruining this ending. I I'm really embarrassed right now, and I <laughs> I'm 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 pretty much beside myself with uh, humiliation. Um, I look up to you, I admire you, and um, to fail in front of you like this is really uh, a low point for me. And I, I just want to uh, beg your forgiveness. And um, and um, I'm probably going to go cut my wrists. After this. <laughs> oh, please don't do that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Since you, said so. Since you said so. Since you said so. It's all good, man. It's good. <laughs> all right, then. I guess then all that's left to say is just chill. To the next episode.